0: Welcome to the Hero Academy podcast, the place where we can celebrate and highlight our frontline heroes. I believe that frontline workers such as nurses, firemen, EMS, police officers, and military are heroes without capes. I don't care about politics, only positivity and purpose. I only care about those that have chosen to serve society. I believe in collaboration over competition. And here, you'll find the secrets and strategies that let ordinary people become extraordinary inside of their passions. Sometimes, we'll throw in some simple side hustles that everyday regular people are doing. And sometimes, it's things that you could do to make extra money, especially if you're starting to think about retirement and what's next for yourself. Inside this podcast each week, you'll learn from people like you that were working full-time but still found time to create a course, grow a big team... A large audience or profitable side hustle the steps they took and their backstories the perfect blend of mindset and techniques i'm your host david diem now let's get your dream lit for your freedom hey guys welcome back to another episode of the hero academy podcast In this episode, we have the incredible Mr. Tom Antion. He is a serial entrepreneur, a serious internet marketer. In this episode alone, he gives over a half a dozen, maybe even a dozen ideas that you can use. He also runs his own podcast called Screw the Commute. It's a great episode. He's very funny. He's a speaker. He's a comedian. He's a writer, internet marketer, and the list goes on and on and on. He is an incredible human being with a huge heart. Enjoy the episode, guys. Tom Antion is an old school marketer. If you Google his name, is what five, six dozen pages of information on you? <laughs> I don't
1: know. Yeah. So, uh, how you been, man?
0: I've been awesome, man. I just want to tell everybody, uh, you're one of my original mentors and and heroes. When I started looking at internet marketing, you know, you were right up there at the top of the
1: list and you know, he, you're still at it. What's your motivation? Well, I'll do anything to avoid working for a living. <laughs> you, kidding me? you think I'd want to be a policeman now? You know? a, no, a kid was working for me for the past two years Has just finally got in the academy. And I said, are you sure you want to do this, man? Yeah, I you know, came this far. I better go through with it. And uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm relatively safe here, you know, <laughs> in my house. And nobody comes around and tries to kill me. So, you know, and I had a nightclub and I was in bikers trying to kill me and gunfights and knife fights. And did I ever tell you that story uh, You know, about the sheriff coming out? No. Yeah. So, so after each gunfight, all right. Well, first of all, there's one sheriff and one state police after midnight for 300 square miles. And you're a former cop detective. And so, you know, that's not much coverage. So the next day after the gunfight, the sheriff comes out and he says, uh, Hey, Tom, I heard you had some excitement out here. I said, yeah. He said, Does anybody get hurt? I said, well, I didn't. I haven't seen those guys, but, you know. <laughs> and then he stopped for a couple seconds. He says, okay, be careful. That was the whole investigation he left. <laughs> <It's> West <laughs> Virginia, right? <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so this is much to so talk about motivation. This is way, way safer than getting hit with beer bottles every night. <laughs>
0: So when do you plan on stopping? Like uh, stop number 10, you know, Stopping business? Why stop would in, I? Because you're having so much fun.
1: Yeah, and I'm helping people. I mean, that's you talk about motivation. When people come to me and say, "Oh man, you know, you saved my family." you know, from losing our home, you know, well, if I quit, I'm cheating people. I look like it, you know, why would I quit? It's not that hard. It's fun. I, you know, I do my own thing. I got my dogs here and I got, you know, so, uh, yeah, I, when people say they're going to retire, I'm thinking the statistics say that most people die within a few years of retiring. So, so that must be it. So I'm not going to retire. Yeah. Honestly, I don't plan on ever retiring. Yeah. Why would you? Yeah. You're young. Well, you're, you don't even have to think about it. you got 50 years ahead of you. <laughs> you know, so. I'm hoping to uh, be one of the people to land on Mars, you know? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Or well, at least see it happen, you know, because I've been a Star Trek fan my whole life. I'm a nerd myself. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not thrilled about Mars, but I'm happy to just sit home nowadays. I haven't even been on an airplane in a year and a half and thrilled to death about it.
0: So could you tell like a three-minute version, five-minute version of your story? just uh, to get it out there?
1: Well, I don't know if I need that many. Uh, okay, I was born, and then uh, made a lot of money, and here I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> how did you make your money? I well, know how, but... Various ways, because, see, I've, I've had my own business since forever. That's why my podcast is called Screw the Commute. I never had a job. I actually did apply for a job once, David. I don't know if I told you this, but it said 401k, and I thought, man, that's a good starting salary, 401000 <laughs> So uh, <laughs> I didn't get that job. So anyway, I've always been entrepreneurial since I was a kid. My dad came from Syria on a cattle boat, was an entrepreneur, turned me into an entrepreneur. And they're actually doing a Hollywood documentary called The American Entrepreneur about my dad and me you know, and all the entrepreneurial journey. So always entrepreneurial, uh, but went to college on a football scholarship, very hardworking family and, you know, learned that you had to work hard for what you wanted to do. And then uh, before I graduated from college, I owned five apartment buildings and a hotel. And so, (laughs) so, and there's lessons along the way here. The lesson here is give before you get, because every time the landlord would come over and work on my house, I'd say, hey, Frank, let me help you, and you teach me what you're doing, if he's putting on gutters or whatever. And so at the end of the semester, he comes over and says, Tom, not once in 25 years that I've been renting to students in this town has anybody ever offered to help me, let alone learn anything. He says, I want to retire and move to Florida. I got a hotel about 20 miles from here, and I want you to take it over. I want you to have it. If you can get a first mortgage on it, I'll hold back the second mortgage. This was a no money down deal long before they were heard of. And so it took me 50 tries, different lending institutions, because they were all shooing me away as some little punk kid. And uh, I stuck with it, though. So the first lesson is persistence. Second is give before you get third is learn things and um, you stand out among the crowd, you know, like 25 years, thousands of students, this guy rented to, I was the only one. And he gave me this break and I had this hotel for six years, made $65,000 a year in the seventies while I was still in school and uh, sold it for several hundred thousand to the city after it was done. so, So, you know, that's a pretty good lesson to learn. Would you say that uh, you've been a wealthy man for a long time? Well, I was wealthy since I was born because of my dad teaching me a good work ethic. And he was blue collar. You know, I grew up nothing. I mean, basically blue collar. Didn't want for anything. But uh, that's my wealth is that you could take everything I got today and within a matter of a short time, I'd figure out I'd be shoveling snow. I'd be doing something. I'd be making a, then I'd make a snow shoveling business. And then I'd have people shoveling snow for me. I mean, yeah. So that's my wealth is. Uh, and is, then you use your cell phone to show how you started that business. Exactly. And, and I'd sell an on it. <laughs> yeah, so, so I don't look at it as money as much as uh, what you have inside you because, a lot of times people will not have any money, but the, the thing is, is being uh, poor is a temporary condition or being broke is a temporary condition. Being poor is a state of mind. Mindset, yeah. 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 So I got the good thing for my dad. And I don't know if you're going to end up uh, sending video out, but right behind me, you can see there's a baby on a big poster. Can you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, my dad was uh, fifty when he had me, and I don't know if you remember Johnny Cash, but he wrote this song, "A Boy Named Sue," because this old drunk cowboy wouldn't have been around to help his boy grow up, so he named him Sue, so he'd have to fight and scrap. All right. <laughs> my dad was fifty when he had me, and so he figured he wouldn't be around, so he would put uh, when I crawl would just crawl. He would put pillows in front of me and put my toys on the other side to teach me how to overcome obstacles. And to this day, I'm totally unstoppable. I won't cheat anybody. You know me for a long time. I won't yep. cheat anybody yep. or step on anybody to get where I'm going. But if you tell me I can't do something, you better get out of the way as I blow by doing it. And see, the thing is, when somebody tells you you can't do something, it doesn't mean anything. It means they can't do it. That's what it means. So uh, you can't let uh, those kind of people stop you. But so, so I give a lot of credit to my dad who gave me this wealth of internal power. That's where the wealth is. So what came first?
0: Being a speaker or being a internet marketer? Which one came first?
1: Speaker was first because, uh, you know, I've been in business for myself 44 years. So that was long. The commercial internet started in 1994, which was about 27 years ago. So I was a speaker. Uh, I was a lot of things long before the internet even came along. And um, another one of my kind of lessons is that uh, you shoot for excellence. So when speaking came along, I just wanted to be good at speaking myself. And I got so good at it, people started begging me to teach them. And so then I spoke and got paid, and then I taught other people and got paid. And then when the commercial internet came along, it was the same Mm -hmm. thing. I just wanted to sell my speaking, my stuff for myself, and I got so good at it, people started begging me to teach them again. So, and that was a lesson from my dad. I remember vividly, I was 10 years old or nine or something. My dad was an electrician by trade and he was wiring this panel. And I said, dad, why don't you just cut the wires across in an angle so you can save some wire? And he looked at me with daggers in his eyes. He says, don't you ever cut corners to save a few pennies. You be a professional at whatever you do. And he says, everything ever goes wrong, people will be able to track it easily, and they'll know a professional did this job. And I'm like, you okay, dad. You're... And so that's the way I've lived my life from that thing. Try to be great at what you do, and people will notice. And then this gives you a possible other revenue stream, or at least, you know, you get pats on the back for being great. <laughs>
0: So I would definitely um I'm starting to speak by doing the podcast first and just so you know you are episode number one. Oh right uh, yeah, I'm super grateful.
1: I'm super super oh, grateful I know it's the I'm number one in your program. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so when you agreed, I was like losing
0: my mind. you know, it's like you're one of my heroes, obviously. Who's your top five of your heroes dead or alive? Or people that you'd like to be mentored by, but you can't because they're dead or or they're living and they're still, you know, they're still living and they're some of your mentors, some of your heroes.
1: Okay, well, yeah, the guy is dead, but he was dead not from old age. He got in a car accident. But uh, and he was my mentor to start with. It was his name was Corey Rudel. He was like the 30 year old. Grandfather of internet marketing for small business. He was making like $5 million a year from his apartment. <laughs> so he wow. was my first teacher. I had struggled from 94 when it started to 96, trying to figure it out on my own and didn't make a nickel. I worked it full time besides speaking, you know, to try to figure it out. And then I got training from him in 1996. And listen to this he was $1,230 for 30 minutes. (laughs) Okay. So this was the man, but I had already purchased his training course for 200 bucks and studied it. Then I took a consultation with him and he pointed out some glaring things I was doing wrong. And just one of the tips he gave me on that phone call, there's one page I have on the internet that's pulled in more than a million dollars from one tip that that guy gave me in 1996. So getting you know, people that have blazed the trail before you or can be very valuable to you. But the problem nowadays, uh, one of your questions, I think, for me is what are some of the bad things or trouble that you have with this stuff? There's too many shysters out there that they are ripoffs. In fact, I started a TV show in Hollywood called Scam Brigade uh, because so many people you know rip people off in this field so that's the hardest part now is find incredible people to help you that have blazed the trail so, so
0: when i was following speakers i won't say his name but one that you went after very hard Oh, i
1: went after that, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was... when you went after he should very be in hard, jail. <laughs> uh, i was like wow i attended his thing and he does have a shyster vibe to him <laughs> yeah well he, he's
1: a criminal he's a sociopath uh, criminal but uh, you know it's Once I start come out to be a consumer advocate, people start coming to me from all over the place. Well, this guy or this girl ripped me off. And uh, so I figure, well, I can't go after every one of them individually. That's when I uh, developed the show. And they're trying to sell the show in Hollywood, where I'll go after people and uh, expose them and try to help people get their money back.
0: So what are some of the scams? Because some of it is people, they buy a course, they do let module number one and they don't finish it. And they're like, oh, that guy is full of garbage, you know? And then some of it is, hey, buy my course for 397 and then I'll coach you for $40,000, you know? <laughs> and I'll help you take out loans. I'll help you mortgage uh, your house.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wrote an article called the top 20 seminar scams. Uh, it's at Antion.com slash top two zero seminar scams it's been I seen hundred, it. hundreds of thousands it. of times yeah and uh, yeah they there's over now i think i've added three more scams that they pull on you but if you go to a seminar if they ever let us have them anymore print this thing out and take it with you and then you, if you see any of this stuff happening put your wallet in your pocket and hold on run, you can and run. There and stay there but as long as you're not susceptible because a lot of people get or, you know, wrapped up in the riot kind of mentality and the, the excitement and go buy stuff they should. So just be very careful, but there's so many scams out there that they pull on you. This one guy, his um, <laughs> assistant that ended up quitting because he was such a ripoff, told me about this. She said, Hey, I need the uh, the code to get into the voicemail to catch, uh, check on all the customers. He said, we don't check the voicemail. Are you crazy? He said, We let it go long enough, it'll pass the refund period. (laughs) <laughs> oh know, my God, so that's terrible! Yeah, so that—I mean—that's just one of the little ones. But but you're talking three ninety-seven or forty thousand. I've got dossiers on some of these people, anywhere from thirteen to hundred thousand bucks they ripped off. Wow. I went to the FBI about it, and see, these guys are really slick, and girls too, because they know how to. Well, you were a detective; you know kind of how the world works. And so the FBI is telling me. Tom, we don't have enough victims in the local area for our, you know, I don't know what they call their local office. Jurisdiction, yeah. their jurisdiction the jurisdiction. And these scammers know this because they people fly in from everywhere and then go back home and they've been ripped off and now they'd have to come and sue in that jurisdiction. And I mean, so, and I even went to the TV station, the investigative reporters, same thing. Ah, had the news director won't let us do it unless there's a bunch of victims in our local service areas. So these guys know how to play the game.
0: I don't know why people uh, rip other people off. You do so much better in the long term just by following through and doing what you say. They're
1: sociopaths. I have a whole webinar on the sociopathic mind. And so they believe they're smarter than everybody and they're chameleon-like in that whatever they see your weakness is, they exploit it by being funny or loving or hardcore, whatever it takes to suck you in but their whole goal is to take your money because they're smarter than you. And mm-hmm. they'll even, some of them will fight extradition from some other country and spend a half a million dollars to get out of a $100,000 fine because they're sickos. You know, they do not want anybody to get over on them. They're the smarter than everybody. See?
0: On that note, I think about Bernie Madoff. I, I, well, he, had, he had billions of dollars. Why didn't he just move to a non-extraditable <laughs> country? Well, he, he thought he was going to beat the U.S. government.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They have that mind that they're smarter than everybody. And there was another guy, Kevin somebody. Not Kevin O'Leary. O'Leary. No, not Kevin O'Leary. <laughs> Mister Wonderful. Was, this was Kevin guy that he did a, a memory course and. He was just flaunting it till he finally he's in jail in Chicago somewhere. But he drug it out for 20 years before anybody could put him away because they know how to all they do all day long is think about how I can rob people. That's all they think about. And normal people don't think like that. They're like they trust people.
0: So what's the ethical way to teach your knowledge, serve people and charge them for it? What's the right way?
1: Well, the right way is is that I don't care if you charge a million dollars a minute. If you give what you promised, and some if somebody's dumb enough to pay, well, that's that's <laughs> on them, all right. But the the whole thing is is don't promise things and then not deliver. That's the fraudulent part. Just because something's overpriced and oh okay, I get that, but at least they're not robbing you by promising something and not delivering. So that's the whole thing. Just do what you say you're going to do. I, I came up with a book. I wrote a book called The One Sentence Business Plan. And it took me 60 pages to write one sentence. All right, but the one sentence business plan I live by is I create quality products that somebody actually wants at a reasonable price, and I service them after the sale. If every company on earth would just live by that, those four things, everybody would be happy. You know, it's just everybody wants to spend $500,000 on a mission statement, and they forget to tell the teller at the bank about it, and he or she is nasty to you. <laughs> so. So, in that
0: one sentence business plan, someone today that works a full time job, they're a nurse, they're a police officer, they're a fireman, they make what society considers a good living, right? So, uh, they can't necessarily walk away from their job, but they want to start something on the side. Yeah. What is the easiest thing? For those people to get into right now today in 2021?
1: Okay. So one of my goals, and you've known me a long time, is to make it too expensive for you to go to work anymore. <laughs> okay. So I'm not saying I want the nurses and the firefighters to quit, all right? but I do want them to make so much money on the side hustle that they have a choice or if they get hurt or they get sick they still got money coming in and they're not out forever. See? so And I think you'll be surprised at my answer. When people come to me and they, they want an easy way to make some money quick, eBay. 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 Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you don't need a website. If you got a PayPal account, you literally can have money coming in tomorrow.
0: So you're buying something low and you're selling it at a well,
1: high price? I've got a couple stories for you here. Uh, one is uh, I had a friend in California. Her name Lynn Drawley. Single mom, she would take 80 to 100 bucks every Saturday to yard sales. And eBay has this function. She took her cell phone with her. It has, a, if you search at eBay on the right side of the search box, there's a little link that says advanced search. You click on it, and then there's another box you can click completed listings only. So let's say she's at a yard sale and she sees a Tonka truck, you know, the nice metal. You know, yep, selling yep. for five bucks. She goes on here and says, "Oh, it's selling for 50 on eBay." So she buys the truck. If they're asking 50 and it's only selling for 30, she doesn't buy the truck. She was clearing 1,000 to 1,100 dollars a week profit. With one day going to the yard sale and then the rest of the week just listing the auctions and shipping the stuff in the evenings or week, you know, whatever. So that's one thing. But I grew up very frugal. I told you earlier, my dad came from on a cattle boat from Syria with nothing. And so I buy a lot from eBay, I buy from Facebook Marketplace and offer up, you know, I save a lot of money that way. And I'm, I came up with that small town attitude that you don't just blow a lot of money. And so so I bought this tool off of this guy and it was local. So I went to his house, beautiful house. He had a half a million dollar motor home out front. Beautiful. He came to the door dressed perfectly. He invited me into his shop to buy this tool I was going to buy. So he takes me down the basement. We're walking back to the shop and David, everything to this point is normal. (laughs) <laughs> okay i'm going back into his shop and i look over in his basement there are hundreds hundreds of ladies bras hanging from the ceiling of his basement <laughs> right. and i'm thinking you know you're a detective i got this uh-huh, uh-huh. i'm carrying a gun right now i'm like oh man he kills all these people and hangs their underwear up on the <laughs> his basement all these things are going through my mind and so I buy the tool and we're talking, everything's normal. talking about our dads and stuff, uh, you know, teaching us to use tools. And on the way out, I said, I got to ask you, man, what, what's all these bras? <laughs> <hanging up?" laughs> and he said, Oh man, my daughter goes to all the thrift stores. She knows all the sizes that are hard to get. And she buys them up, cleans them up, repairs them. $200,000 a year. She makes on eBay selling used bras. <laughs> I'm
0: See, at that point, when it, you, you're making 200000 a year doing a hustle like that, it is ridiculous to continue to go to work.
1: To go risk your life and have somebody assassinate you while you're sitting in your squad car, I'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I was, but I, and I was thinking, oh, man, it, I probably can't do that. If I hung around the thrift store bra section, they'd probably call it <laughs> <hustle.">
0: <laughs> Is there a third eBay hustle?
1: Well, there's uh, the guy that taught me was an ex-Marine, and he sold used cell phones and doll heads. (laughs) I'll tell you this story. So he would go to all the pawn shops and he said, what kind of stuff can't you get rid of easily? And they said, oh man, cell phones. We can't keep track of the chargers and what service they're on and everything. He said, I'll take all you got every month for 10 bucks a piece. And they said, sold, just come by once a month. When he came over to teach me eBay, he had a big box of cell phones in his uh, back of his car. I said, how much do you get for him? He says, oh, I get about 100 hundred, hundred and ten 110 bucks each for him. Just by figuring out which charger goes with what and what service they're on. And he sells them used because if people didn't get insurance, you know, the cell phone's like oh, $1,400 for this thing right now. Yep, you know? yep. And so, and I said, well, <laughs> what? he's an ex-Marine. I said, well, what's about the doll heads, man? He says, oh, yeah, I got molds. And I got about ten cents of rubber. Then each doll head and each mold will make four doll heads. So I got forty cents in it, and the doll heads sell for ten bucks a piece. And people usually buy between four and ten at a time. So that ten cents turned into forty dollars. Wow! wow. <laughs> Overnight after the rubber dried. <laughs> you know, so so there's all kinds of stuff that you can do on eBay uh, because people are going there to spend money. All right, yep, even if yep. it's discounted. So if you just go look there and look at the categories, there's thousands of categories that are people are making money in. Wow. That's and incredible. You your basement too if, you, if you're <laughs> to start off.
0: If you had your own Netflix special, what would that be? If I, I think a, you've, you've probably thought about this before.
1: It would be like uh, that Dose Equis guy. I, I would try to make myself the most interesting man in the world <laughs> and have eight you know, dancing girls around. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'd be an international playboy show. You know, that's the, the saddest thing in my life when I realized I'm never going to be an international playboy. <laughs> 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 that's the, that part, but so it would be an entrepreneurial show. Absolutely. Because I like to inspire entrepreneurs and teach them and show them what could be rather than sitting in a cubicle, hating their life and hating what they're doing. So it would have yeah. to be an entrepreneurial show. Yeah.
0: All right. All right. If you had Jeff Bezos' money and your family's already taken care mm-hmm. of, what would be your SpaceX project? Like, what would you spend that money on?
1: Well, if I had his money, it would be a split between animals and homeless people.
0: You could build a village for all the homeless people. You know what the problem is with homeless people? I would say 80 to 90% of them don't want your help.
1: I know that's what I was going to say. I would find the ones that do yeah. and give them opportunities, but the animals, I mean, they're helpless, you know? So yep. I've rescued lots of animals and raised money for animal rescue. So that's my kind of calling is that. Uh,
0: did you watch the game changers? No, on Netflix. It, no. Or forks over knives. I'm going to send I you forks
1: a- over knives. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I was going to say, if you want to save animals, you can contribute by cutting down on how many of them you eat
1: every year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'm more into the pet animals, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, saving them. I don't know about saving cows, but, uh, I, I actually did a speech once where it was for pharmacists. Some guy canceled and they called me at the last minute. and uh, I was looking through their trade magazine and there was a whole scientific articles about bovine flatulence. And so of course I brought this up and it was hysterical <laughs> in the, uh, in the speech,
0: as far as growing your own business, where does 80 to 90% of your revenue come from right now?
1: Well, uh, I wouldn't say it's 80 to 90% It's split between, uh, me selling my own stuff directly and then me selling training. It's, it's about half and half now. So, uh,
0: this is something just for me that I'm curious of. I know you have hundreds, maybe you've even lost track of how many links you have out there on the internet.
1: Yeah, sure. How
0: do, how do you track all of those affiliate? Like if you have a hundred different affiliate links out there, how do you track all of that?
1: Well, the link itself does the tracking. So, when Yeah, somebody... but how
0: do you know that you have a link with David Leith for seven of his products?
1: Well, because... If I agreed to have that link in the first place, you have done your job of creating the tracking software for me. Okay. That alerts me when there's a sale. Okay. So if I don't get any alerts from you, I'm going to go check the software to make sure if I know that there's a sale and then I didn't get notice of it, I'm going to say, Hey, David, something's up here. And I, has that ever happened with any of your affiliates? yes. Yes. I had, uh, I won't, mention the name but household name person yep 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 and uh it cost me like 11000 bucks cuz they said oh well i'm sorry you know well, yeah, you're sorry, but that was eleven thousand bucks you just took me for. Well, I'm sorry, you know, and I couldn't push it too much because they were giving me opportunities in front of big crowds that I'm making a quarter of a million dollars in a speech. So I, I had to like bite it, but uh, I wasn't too happy about it. No, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, because I, I was imagine. at the event and I said, "Hey, how many people are here because of me?" Because I was, I was a little skeptical of what was going on with the affiliate link, and like forty percent of the office audience said yes and that was like $11,000 of admission tickets that I, or my share. Uh-huh, and so uh-huh. so of course he was oblivious off somewhere else but like I said I, overall I made a fortune off the guy but the thing is is uh, that's not cool you know especially if uh, word gets around. One time I quit a conference. I canceled an appearance one time in my whole career because the guy was ripping off the affiliates. If you send him somebody you'd get the commission for the first person. But if they said, hey, I've got five people, he'd say, okay, email me over here and we'll, those other, I'll handle those other five people manually for you, which bypassed the affiliate. So yeah. I took my affiliate commissions, gave them to the other speakers, exposed them and, and refused to deal business with them ever again. So, And those kind uh, of people fizzle and they're off, you know, they disappear because they do bad things.
0: Yeah, if someone wants to become a speaker... Uh, where do you recommend them starting? Because I know you have-
1: I recommend them starting on Zoom right now because there's the live events aren't there, but this is a perfect time to practice because this will open up eventually because live events are never going to go away permanently. So now's a good time to start preparing and learning what to do. And there's two major parts to this. One is being great on stage. And I'm not talking about great where you think you're great because you spoke at church and they pat you on the back because they don't eat their young at church, all right? At least while they're in church. They wait till they get out of church, okay? I want you to be so great on stage that you could be the last speaker at Las Vegas between them and the golf course, and they'd still listen to you. That's great, all right? So that's professional level. So that's the on-stage performance. But then you got to know the business of speaking. You got to know the contract terms. You got to know deposits. You got to know pre-program research. Like, for instance, my goal with when I get a speaking engagement is I want them to love me before I even get in the country I'm speaking at. So mm. I interview people ahead of time that are going to be in the audience. I find what's funny. And I spread that out among a lot of people because you got to be politically correct. And if one person thinks something's funny, you could kill the whole event by saying something wrong. So uh, I interview them, pull them up on stage. I get them involved, but the the business of it, you got to know the contracts, multiple engagements and how to do all that stuff. So there's a lot of business to it. So I have two uh, resources on this. One is the performance on stage and the other one is the business of speaking.
0: So I know your book is, you have a very comprehensive book
1: on that. Uh, what's the title of your book? Called wake them up business presentations.
0: Wake them up business presentations. You have another one, the complete guide to uh, the ultimate it...
1: guide to professional speaking is the one that's all about the business of speaking. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, when I okay. do a full blown mentor program on this, both of those things are included: the training on the business and the training on the on stage stuff
0: your full blown mentor program is that separate from the internet marketing or is
1: it... Yeah, it's a, well, I have an internet marketing mentor program that's been around since 23 years, but the speaker mentor program is different. Although there there is some crossover because speakers as part of the business have to market themselves. So and that's going to be on the internet nowadays. So there's crossover, but the internet one doesn't really go into speaking so much. What's your next project? My next project is uh, it's a project that's ongoing, but I'm going to hit it a lot harder. It's uh, I have the only licensed dedicated Internet marketing school in the country. And so uh, it's needed more than ever now, because I've been preaching that you should be able to sell from home. But now more than ever, people got the two by four to the head that oh, yeah, he's right. Uh, and so. It's a really great gift item for people that have kids or grandchildren, nephews and nieces to keep them, you know, all these four year call. I mean, if these four year colleges weren't colleges, they'd be in jail for the stuff that they're doing to kids now with running the debt up. All they teach them how to do is protest and they get an MBA and they're competing for jobs at Starbucks. You know, so uh, my school teaches all these hardcore things, internet marketing, email marketing, chat bots, blogs, you know, social media, all the stuff that's in high demand by every business on earth. So they can not only get work. I mean, we got people making 6,000 bucks a month after four months into the school, not even graduated. Say because all these businesses need this stuff. And then the selfish thing is, is they won't be home mooching off of you living in your basement. <laughs> so if you can get them a career. And they won't be in debt for the, you know, for the next 20 years either, because, you know, these four year colleges, one thing people don't realize, that's four years out of the workforce and even if yep. they were making 50,000 a year that's 200,000 plus some of the semesters are $20,000 for a semester that's $60,000 a year and add up the living expenses the gas the insurance the fees that they throw on these colleges were charging activity fees but the colleges no even open yeah, There's no not, activities no, the kids are at home yeah and they wouldn't refund them you know, so this within a matter of months, you can have a, an actual career that's in high demand with my school. So I'm pushing that a lot harder now. Uh, in the past, it's mostly my mentees. I would give them a scholarship to it. But now I'm uh, actively going out and seeking more students for that because it's so important that these kids get a chance to make a have a career and not, you know, be uh, saddled with debt and have no skills.
0: If someone was uh, interested in that school, how would they
1: get in touch with you? Yeah, that's at uh, imtcva.org, Internet Marketing Training Center of Virginia.org. But it's distance learning, so you don't have to be in Virginia. You can be anywhere in the world and uh, attend. And it's good quality distance. It cracks me up, all these four-year colleges that were ripping people off. Oh, we have a distance. All of a sudden, we have a distance program. It's, it's, it's basically a Zoom instructor. Exactly, in a Zoom right. Class. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's not very different than this right now, but it's just with a bigger audience. Uh, my last five questions for you, just uh, rapid fire. Just you know, give me a quick one-minute answer. Um, what does, I told you, you're one of my heroes online. Thank you. Well, uh, what does the word hero mean to you? How do you define it?
1: Hero means to me is you're helping somebody else get what they need, not necessarily what they want, because you could help somebody get something what they want, but if what they want is ridiculous, what kind of hero are you? You know, you should have known better to, to help them get something that they didn't really need. So uh, helping people get what they need, that's a hero.
0: When your stress is at the highest and you're starting to feel a little low and down, how do you save yourself?
1: Well, I don't get in that place very often, but uh, now this is, uh, this is a real secret here. I go to YouTube and I type in A-G-T or B-G-T. You know what that stands for? I have no idea. America's Got Talent or Britain's Got Talent. Okay. And then I look at the videos. I don't even look at what the picture is. I look at the number of views and how old it is. So okay. if it's like three months old with three million views something special is in that video so i watch it and i'm a big proponent of the underdog so every time somebody breaks through that it was homeless or had beaten or, you know abused or something i'm like in tears bawling and you know thanking god for and my then you life. feel better and then you feel better I feel better yeah yeah because from
0: the outside looking in it doesn't look like you have much stress and it looks like you live a pretty awesome life <laughs>
1: Well, I do live an awesome life, uh, but that's what I do uh, to appreciate it, to see. And I just love when somebody that didn't have one breaks through. All right. So
0: keeping this PG, Tom, because I know how your sense of humor is sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) How do you show love to yourself?
1: That would be the same answer. uh, No, no, no. What do you do do for you? Like, Oh, uh, I, I play with my dogs. Because I just love animals so much. Uh, uh, that, that's right. That's, 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 the it's, it's, how many it's, dogs? For us. So I have two German shepherds right here, but you know, part of this my shtick is that I teach people how to make their hobbies tax deductible. These are fifty thousand dollar family protection dogs. And so it's very expensive. So I started a company called Protection Dogs Elite. You know, so I get to enjoy the dogs all the time. And they're the models for the protection dog company, which then I take orders and then pass the orders off to the trainers. So I get to be with the dogs. I get to make money. Who could complain about that? It's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. only, only downside is dog hair. You know, I probably see it on the camera all over me.
0: Now, you kind of answered this question at the top of this interview, but what is your strength? What's your best ability? I, I think I know what the answer is.
1: Oh, uh, I, I don't know if you do. My uh, best ability is uh, persistence and consistency. You I was going to say, what to expect from me?
0: I was going to say it had to do with that little baby in the background and that uh, you don't let obstacles
1: get in well, your way. So, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so that's one, but uh, being persistent and consistent. People know. They might not like me, but they know what to expect from me. They know I'm going to be fair. They know I'm going to uh, do whatever yeah. I can to help them. They might not yeah. like my personality. I mean, we've gone through the presidency like that where people didn't like their personality. But I'm persistent. And I, I keep going. I keep figuring out. And I have a couple mind tricks I'll throw in. One is that I announce to the world what I'm going to do. And then I'm too embarrassed not to do it because people that have goals or dream and don't do what it takes to get there are dreamers. You know, they just dream about stuff. So I want to be a doer, not a dreamer. So one of the mind tricks is I announce what I'm going to do to the world. Like this place I bought, this couple million dollar place, I said, I'm going to buy it with no money down. And mortgage brokers and everybody else is laughing at me like, you can't do that. I said, okay, watch me. So I got a no money down deal on this place. Now, did I take it? No. And interest rate was a little bit higher, so I put five percent down. But I got the no money down deal on a two, uh, you know a couple million dollar place. So, so uh, persistence and consistency got to be on the list. All right.
0: The Last question. This is just for fun. Uh, if you had a comic superpower, well, what would it be and why?
1: To be able to make the people that haven't had humor in their life be able to enjoy it. I was doing a humor, you know, I teach speakers. So one of the seminars was Make Them Laugh, it was called. And so this whole day, all day long, I'm teaching humor techniques. One lady is sitting there. She's looking like she's going to kill me, all right? She doesn't laugh the whole day. Now, you can't miss a person like that in a humor seminar. There was about 60, 70 people didn't laugh once the whole day. So we're done. I'm packing up. Everybody's leaving. She's hanging around. And I'm thinking, oh, man. I'm Here ready. it comes. Gonna, I said something early that was uh, not PC. I had um, all this stuffs going through my mind. And she uh, waited till everybody left, came up to me and started crying. She said, until today, I never thought that I could have any humor in my life. And now I do, and it's going to be a a long haul from what I've been through, but thank you so much. And she's balling. I start crying. (laughs) I mean, so there's got to be other people like that that have been nothing but dumped on their whole life and had no chance to feel that kind of joy. So if I could do that, that'd be great.
0: So how, how would you deliver that power? Would you just like tap them
1: on the shoulder? No, I'd give them an elbow to the face, you know, because
0: no, I don't. And then they just crack up laughing. Yeah, I'm not
1: sure. I think I'd, I'd sell them a pillow that they when they went to sleep, it would suck into their brain. And then the next day, their whole life would change. Yeah.
0: I think that was already made. It's called My Pillow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That guy's got troubles <laughs> now. I always tell people uh, I had a dream one time that uh, I ate a giant marshmallow, and then I woke up, my pillow was gone. <laughs> <laughs> all right
0: yeah if my audience wants to find out more information about you what's the best way
1: well i mean i am in witness protection you know so best is to check my uh, podcast out screw the commute so screw the commute. at screw and then i also have if they're thinking about business i have a freebie for them they can go to screw the slash automate free And that is a a book that I sell for 27 bucks, but I'm just going to give it to them. Let's them automate things. Because if they are working a side hustle, there's limited time if they got a family and they got work. So the faster you can do things using low cost and no cost tools, the faster they can get to the money. So screwthecommute.com slash automate free.
0: Thank you, Tom. I'm so grateful. I, I really appreciate your time. Thank you, brother.
1: All right, man. Thank
0: you. All right, all right family. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Everyone I interview, I've chosen for you guys because of their story, and I hope that you get some value every single time. If you did get value or just just simply enjoyed the episode, please share the episode with someone that you know. If you know of a guest, a frontline hero that has an amazing story, something uplifting or a positive message, Hit me up in the contact form of www.davidleith.com or DM me at Instagram at David Leith, the number one. Subscribe to the show because I have some really phenomenal guests coming up in the next few weeks that you definitely don't want to miss. All right, one.